continuing on in the Gospel of John. Last week we looked at the truth. Jesus explained that if you abide in His Word, that is a mark that you are truly His disciple. We talked about abiding and that was not just a a quick glance at His Word. That wasn't just a quick, uh, I'm listening to the radio and I have a Bible verse, so that's my quiet time for the day. It's actually meditating, studying, reading, interacting with the Word of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to let the Word of God marinate deep into your soul. And then it actually changes you. Like James talks about, we don't want to be those people who look in the mirror and go away and forget what we look like. We want the Word of God to work and wash over us and make us more like Jesus. If it's not doing that, then it's not doing what it's supposed to do. We need the Word of God. We need to abide in His Word, to believe His Word, to follow His Word. But He said that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then we looked at what it sets us free from, sin and the penalty of sin and the power that sin has over our lives and the false pleasures that sin brings out and says, hey, this is going to be great. And then you go and it's like the ice cream container that Brother Eric was holding, and you open it up, and there's nothing inside because it truly has nothing for you. And ultimately, one day, the Gospel, the Word of God, sets us free from even the presence of sin when we are with Christ. So we ended ended last week at this section where he says, Jesus says, I speak of what I have seen with my Father, and you do what you have heard from your Father. And now we'll continue today with our verses. Starting in 39, they answered him, Abraham's our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. Okay, so they start off, he's saying, you're just doing what your father does. And they're going to be real sharp with Jesus. You know what? Abraham's our father. Look at our lineage. Trace us back. We go all the way back to Abraham. That's who our father is. Well, there's a song about that that we sing sometimes. Little kids sing it. Father Abraham. Okay. Many sons. What's interesting is Scripture says that the true children of Abraham, the true sons of Abraham, are those who have faith like Abraham. That's ultimately those who are truly from Abraham. Because again... They're saying Abraham's our father, and in some sense, are they from him? And in their kind of genealogy, yes, they're Jewish leaders, okay. The problem is they don't get it. He's going to explain who their father really is. But the second part of the verse, if you were Abraham's children, so right away he's saying, if you were, you'd be doing these things. So obviously they're not. You'd be doing these things, the same things Abraham did. What in the world did Abraham do? This is why we need to know our Old Testament. This is why we need to know the past as well. Abraham, you're familiar with him. He was called by God because he was so awesome and was doing everything right and worshiping God, and so God called him to come follow him. Is that right? No. He was from a people who were worshiping idols. And God said, Abraham, go to a land that I'm going to show you. He believes God. Then, as he gets older, I'm not going to say old, they don't have any children. God's made a promise 
I'm going to make from you a great nation. More than the stars in the sky. They ain't got any kids. And they're getting older. Well, then God blesses them and they have their true child, the true child of the promise. Who's that? Isaac. So then God one day says, hey, grab Isaac. Go up on a hill. Sacrifice your son. Abraham has a lot of faith, I think more than I do at times. Turn, turn with me for a second to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Now you can certainly read about that story with Abraham and Isaac. You can go back into Genesis and read that. But specifically, I'm going to read a few things to you out of uh, Romans 4. In hope, this is starting verse 18, 418. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he has been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body. That's the older part. Which was as good as dead. I said it nicer than that, but scripture says it that way. Since he was about 100 years old or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why faith was, and this is the key word, counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who has delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Right there we see that it's that faith, that same faith that believed that he would have the child was the same faith that when he went up on the mountain he was about to kill Isaac. He knew either God's going to stop it or he's going to bring him back to life because the promise God made was going to be through Isaac that the nations would be Less. So God had to do something. Is God ever going to lie to you? He's always going to keep his word. He's going to keep his promises. He always does. And so if that's true, Abraham believed God and it was counted as righteousness. What's interesting is you notice that it wasn't a faith that was just sitting around. It was a faith that was doing. True faith will result in works. You're not saved by your works. What are we saved by? Grace, right? Through faith. We're saved by grace. However, if you have true faith, it will follow true belief. Your works will come. They will be there. So Jesus, going back to John, what Jesus is saying here is he goes, if you're Abraham's children, you would be doing the works of Abraham, not taking your children up to possibly sacrifice them. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is you would have true faith in God. Verse 40, But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. So they say, Oh, we're Abraham's children. He says, "Uh, If you were, you'd be trusting in God and you would believe his truth. I'm telling you the truth. 
and you want to kill me. Guess what? Eh, wrong answer. You're not part of Abraham's family because you do not have faith like Abraham. Do you think that the Jewish leaders were a little upset about this? Don't forget, for those of you who weren't here, you don't know this uh, necessarily, uh, unless you've read this and studied it. We just realized a few verses before this, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him. He's having the conversation with the same ones who say, we follow you, Jesus. It's the same ones he's still talking to. Now, again, in that group, were there those who truly believed? Yes. But a theme we continually see are people who say they're following Jesus, but they don't know him. But now you seek to kill me. I tell you the truth. I heard it from God. This is what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Now they've gone up. Fine, you're going to say Abraham's not our dad. God's our father. Now, what do you think about that? It's interesting. Think for a second there. You're doing the works your father did. Here's how they respond. We were not born of sexual immorality. What are they doing there? One sense, they're saying they're, they're pure. Okay? Nothing evil going on there. No, no, we're, we're pure even from God. But wasn't there a little bit of debate around Jesus' birth? It's very possible. Let's take a little jab at Jesus there. Because you had to know, Right? Mary, how was she born? Help me. Or Mary, how was Jesus born? How was she pregnant? Right? By the Holy Spirit? Right? Now, how many of us believe that? would believe that story if it happened today? If we were in Joseph's position? Oh, I'm pregnant. Huh? Wait, we didn't know. What? Huh? How? God? Hmm. Need some faith? Need some faith. God... Sends an angel to talk and reassure him. But does that mean everybody else was believing that? I think there might have been a little jab here. Oh, you're going to talk to us about having a a father. We weren't born in sexual morality. Jesus. Got a little defensive, didn't they? He starts calling them out a little bit and they get defensive. How do you respond when God calls you out through his word? When God calls you out through His Word, do you get defensive? Or do you submit to what He's saying by the power of the Holy Spirit and repent and move on? They're getting defensive. We're pure. We're from God. <laughs> Listen to what Jesus says to that. Jesus said to them, verse 42, If God were your Father, you would love Me. For I came from God. We've seen this throughout John. And I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Jesus is saying, oh, if you love God, then you have to love me because I came. He sent me. So if you're not loving me, then you're not loving the one who sent me. Whew, this next, it's getting nasty. We're about to really get going. Verse 43. Why do you not understand what I say? Jesus is using that dad voice, I think. Why do you not understand what I say? 
Listen to why, though. It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. Got to really think on this. If you cannot understand what Jesus is saying, and I don't mean in the sense of it's kind of tricky what's going on there, I'm trying to understand it. When you understand the meaning of it, but you reject it, it's because you can't bear his word. You cannot bear his word. I, well, I can't, I, I, I hear it, but I'm not following it. That means you're not bearing the weight of his word. And there's a problem. You can't bear to hear it. This is actually pretty common for us, especially with one another in one sense. We don't understand what other people are saying because we don't hear their words. You could certainly apply that in the sense of we don't listen well to one another and things of that nature. But what's going on here is he's talking about the heart. He's saying there's something lacking inside of you that you cannot bear the word of God. Here's why. Verse 44 continues. Because you are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. There's a lot that Jesus just said. He right away shows them who their father is. No, no, your father is the devil. They, said, they just said, no, no, our father's God. First they said Abraham, now it's even God. And he says, no, the devil is your dad. Realize you're either a child of God or you're not. You're either under grace because you repented of sin and you're following him or you're under the wrath of God. Now I know that's not very popular to say in this day and age, but it's what God has said. Either God is truly your father or you are in the line of Abraham through faith or you're under the power of Satan and that's who your dad is. How do you know which one it is? Can you bear his word? Can you abide in Christ's word? Do you have the Holy Spirit of God? You are of your father the devil and your will Their desire, everything they want to do is what Satan wants for them to do. And there's something in each one of us that when we're left to ourselves apart from the grace of God, we want to do the things that the world wants to do. Is that true? Most of the time we want to do what the world wants to do. Our nature, our flesh, that's what we desire to do. We talked about this in Sunday school this morning. It's why with little ones, we have to teach them to share. Right? We have to teach them to share and to love and ask for forgiveness and do those things. They don't naturally do that on their own. Maybe there's some of you in here who have never been around kids. Trust the rest of us. They know how to do all that. We all know how to not share. We know that. What we have to be taught is how to love, how to share, how to self-sacrificially love. And that comes from having a new heart given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit living inside of us and our minds being renewed with the washing of the word. That's how that happens. These guys don't have that. 
question for you today is, do you have that? Do you have that? <clears throat> your father's the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. What's unfortunate is we have the Holy Spirit, and at times we still slip back into that. That's what we talked about last week, talking about the power of sin. We're free from it. We don't have those handcuffs on any longer, but we live like we're in it, and we do the things that the devil desires. We gossip. We slander. We lie. We do the same things that Satan loves for us to do because that's where our flesh is at. Well, now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't have to any longer. But for them, for those whose father is the devil, they have no choice anymore. They have, or they have no choice, period. That's what they're doing. They need that new heart. We as Christians, we have the choice. We don't have to do these things. He then gives us a little glimpse there, talking about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning. Certainly, that talks about the, the situation of Cain and Abel. Certainly, that's in mind. But even more than that, when he tempted Eve... And Adam and Eve both fell. What did that bring? Death. That's what he's about. That's what sin is about. That's what the devil's about. It's just sin. And death. Loves to see the death of your relationships. The death of your marriages. The destruction of families and children. Hating one another. He loves it. Because he's a murderer from the beginning. And what he's saying is, these guys, they do the will of their father, Satan, because they have no other way. You need the grace of God to give you a new mind, a new heart, and be filled with the Spirit to want anything different. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. What's interesting is there's no truth in him, but the way he attacks all people, but especially Christians, is by using some truth. No truth in him at all. But he knows if I'm going to get to you, I've got to at least make this look good. Let me give you some truth. Tried it with Jesus, and he tempted him. Didn't go so well. Why? Jesus knows the scriptures. You know what Jesus fought back with? Scripture. It's all tied here. We need to be abiding. We need to be in the Word so we can even fight back. So, there's no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. What's also interesting is he's, he's the accuser. He accuses the children of God day and night. And you know what he's going to accuse you with? Lies. You really can't be saved. You're going to lose that salvation. There's no way you can really be saved. Think of the things you've done. How can that happen? How could God save Look at what you've done since you've been a Christian. No way you could know Jesus. No way he would die for that. What's wonderful is Jesus puts an end to that argument quickly. When on the cross, he says, it is finished. It is finished. The sins you've committed, the ones you are committing, the ones you will commit, he died for all of them. He took the full wrath of God so we wouldn't have to. The key is you have to accept it. And then you need to live a life that's flowing out of that. The fact that you have been saved 
Now live a life that looks like that. You're free, right? You don't, again, we talked about, you don't, you're a slave to sin. Hey, you're set free. I'm going to hang around sin a little longer. It's kind of fun. No, it's not. And it will destroy you. A few more things. He's the father of lies. He's accusing us all the time. Listen, Listen to what Jesus continues on to say. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. You believe in the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Then he says, which one of you convicts me of sin? Notice that he uses the word convicts there. There's a lot of people that probably thought Jesus was sinning and doing bad things. They had no proof. You know why? Because he didn't. He never sinned. They couldn't convict him of any sin. If I tell you, why do you not believe me? And then verse 47, where we're going to stop today after I read it and talk through it for a second. This is an incredible verse. Listen to what it says. Here's why they don't believe, right? Yes, their father is the devil. Look what this says. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The reason they do not hear what Jesus is saying, that his word does not abide in them, the reason that they do not follow is that they are not of God. That's why his his word can have no place in them. What do we take away from this? If you are like Abraham and you have faith like Abraham does, then rejoice because God is your Father. You have been adopted into God's family because of the blood of Christ. His sacrificial death on the cross in your place. And then as we read before, how He rose after three days for that justification before God. That's how you get adopted into God's family. Then you're a child of God. A true child of God. If that's true of you, here's what I want you to take away from today and then whatever else the Holy Spirit reveals to you. I want you to rejoice in the fact that you are able to hear the Word of God. I want you to rejoice in the fact that you have the Holy Spirit and you are able to bear the Word of God. The problem is sometimes we have ears to hear. We don't listen. We don't use them. So the exhortation there would be, praise Him for the fact that you have the ears to hear, the heart to believe, the eyes to see. Praise Him for that. And then if there's anything to work on, it may be, clean out the ears a little bit. And when you are confronted with the Word, respond to it. Respond to it. And there will be great joy in your life. For those of you who may be here, and this is not you, I'm lovingly saying to you, your father is the devil. And you are only going to do his will. And every good work you think you're doing is not done in faith, and it's just going to condemn you all the much more. My encouragement to you is, cry out and ask God. God, 
Save me. Be my Father. Forgive me of my sin. Give me the ears to hear Your Word. Give me the eyes to see Your Word. Give me the heart to believe Your Word. Please give me Your Holy Spirit so that I can hear Your Word. So that I can be more like Jesus. That's your response. Now, if the Holy Spirit has something else for you, praise God. That's your two responses today. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful that we can call you Father. We're thankful that because of the grace you've given us, we've been able to hear the gospel. And Lord, I pray you that we have responded. I thank you for everyone in here who has seen the truth of who you are, seen the truth of the gospel, understanding that apart from you, they have no hope and they have cried out to you for salvation. And you have said, yes. We love the fact, Lord, that anyone who calls out to you, anyone who will cry out to you, including those in here today, you will save. Lord, help us to rejoice in that truth today. Just to walk in that truth all day that we can actually hear from you. We can hear your words and by the power of the Holy Spirit, understand things about you and about ourselves and about what you have for our lives and what we should do and not do. Help us just to rejoice in that miracle that we can hear from you. And that we have a relationship with you. And I pray for those who are in here, Lord. I pray if there are any in here who, like the Jews, like these Pharisees and others who say, we believe in you. And the evidence would be to the contrary. They can't abide in your word. They don't abide in you. Their life looks no different and it never has. I pray they would understand that God, you are not their father. Not yet. But you can be if they would cry out to you in honesty. Lord, one last thing. I just want to make sure that for brothers and sisters here who are discouraged because they maybe have been in sin and they haven't been in the Word and they're thinking now, oh, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I want to encourage them with the fact of if you're asking those questions, that's a good thing. And what will show whether or not you are is repentance. And moving the right direction, crying out to God and saying, help me. Lord, we're thankful to be together today. If anyone needs to come down to the altar to pray, that's open. If anyone wants me to pray for them in particular about something, I'll be here. If anyone wants to come forward and say that they've cried out to God and share that with the group, we say amen to that too. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.